0: Hello. Hello, friends, family of the internet. Hello, all of the podcastees out there for the Postpartum Coach Podcast. If you've never met me before, my name is Lizzie Langston. I've birthed four kids, everything from a holistic water birth in a birth center to an emergency C-section and all sorts of complications from postpartum depression and anxiety really intense birth trauma, a postpartum hemorrhage. So I've, I can't say I've seen it all preeclampsia. I do got to add that to the list. I can't say I've seen it all, but I've gone through a lot. And just this last year, I've had my fourth baby. Now it was a completely different experience. I think part of it was that I was in my thirties and I just know more and I'm just wiser, you know, not because people in their twenties are dumb or something. You just learn as you go in life. So I think part of it was because I was older, but as I sat here in my beautiful office on this beautiful winter day in Arizona, and I reflected on this most recent postpartum and how much better and safer and sounder and sleepier, dreamier it was, I realized that I really did change some things in my mindset, and it like consciously, and it very much changed how I treated myself and even how other people treated me postpartum. And it led to truly, I think, the best possible postpartum. Like disclaimer number one, I'm not a medical profession professional. And disclaimer number two, I will be the first person as the postpartum coach to say that postpartum will always be intense because you have a newborn, yes, and you also have— um a body that's recovering from birth. I'm sorry. I was thinking about women who have babies other ways. And surrogacy is one of those ways, you know, foster children, adopting a foster child. There's many, many ways you can become a mother. I don't want to overlook anybody in all those different ways that you can become a mom. I just haven't done those. So this specifically, I can speak to the moms who have birthed the babies through their bodies. Um, But this probably would be helpful for anybody postpartum. So Let's go ahead, and I have these five beliefs that I really worked on, and I want to back up before I tell you these. I have a couple things that you need to know about me. Number one is that I took a a five-and-a-half-year break between my third baby and my fourth on purpose, and during that time, I actually birthed a business. Well, first of all, I birthed myself. And when I say I birthed myself, I actually mean that I didn't actually really know who I was before when I was having my first three kids in my 20s. And I sort of had this awakening to who I truly am. And I saw many of the ways that I was abandoning my true self in order to receive approval or to receive an assigned value from society, from religion, from family, you name it. So I did a lot of work. And I actually, from after birthing my true self, that's when I, it was actually through my mental health crisis after my second and third babies, uh, that kind of prompted me to get some more help. I found life coaching. And when I found life coaching, I had tried antidepressants and therapy and everything. And I was postpartum and struggling with my mental health and coaching just was more cut and dry for me. And I really loved the direct approach and the d- direct focus on your thought creates your feeling. And so it felt like it gave me my power back. And so I ran with coaching, but I actually really love therapy. I love a lot of different healing modalities. Um, In that five and a half years, I worked on my mental health a lot. So You know, you might hear me say these five beliefs and they might not stick for you right away, or some of them you might already believe, or some of them you might not be interested in. I have done a ton of work to get to the point where I can see these things that I couldn't see before. So if you want to prevent mental health breakdown, I'm kind of a good person to talk to because I've had three very serious episodes of depression, two of which were very postpartum related, All of them were related to my motherhood or my mother wound or birthing myself as a woman. Um, So these are the five beliefs that after five and a half years of doing mindset work and mental health work, really getting into various healing modalities, not just coaching. Yes, I did therapy. I did shamanic, um, you know, like dream type work and I've done plant medicine and I just kind of went on this big healing journey and it's still ongoing and here are the things that have really helped me so the first the first one <laughs> is so important ooh yeah so five beliefs that have allowed me to have the best postpartum of my life i am now 6 months postpartum i literally have used these the first one is just because i'm postpartum doesn't mean i should get less less sleep right i am not just a mother to a newborn Yes, you're a mother to a newborn, but I'm also a woman recovering from birth. And if you had a C-section, then you're recovering from major surgery. So that's kind of a big deal. Can you imagine your doctor doing surgery on you? Let's say you go into the hospital for surgery on your ankle or something. And your doctor's like, okay, in two days when you can leave and go home and be released back to your house, make sure you get about four hours of sleep per night. I think that'd be a good plan. Maybe six. Yeah, four to six hours of sleep. That will really help you to recover from this major surgery on this part of your body that we just did. Now, I know birth is not always a surgery, um, C-sections, episiotomies, but there are often a lot of complications. We have to stop thinking that it's okay to get little bits of sleep. Yes, prioritize your newborn, but prioritize you as well. And I know you're like, great. How am I supposed to do that? One more thing to do. You got to get help. And so one thing that I did for nine months of my pregnancy is what I really wanted to do was make a lot of money in my business and just go hard after my business. And I kind of started to, and I kind of tried to, and then my body and my spirit, higher self was like, We need a manifest community right now. And so I drew closer to my circle of friends. I even was able to join a couple groups and grow my circle. I rekindled some deeper connections with family members. And by the time baby came, I had a couple relationships where I felt like I could say, hey, my baby just started having feeding issues at three weeks postpartum. I just melted down in my OB's office and she told me I have to get more sleep. I'm getting four hours of sleep every night. And so is my husband, because the baby is crying almost around the clock. Poor thing. So sad for baby too. So that was our experience, by the way, is that at three weeks postpartum, my baby Ren just started not being in that rhythmic sleeping thing that she normally was doing. And it it was very dangerous because my husband and I, like I said, were getting four to five hours of sleep per 24 hours not even per night, like the whole poor 24 hours, maybe six. I mean, it was really, really, really low sleep. And I started to have intrusive thoughts and I barely could even carry the car seat at this point. I was still recovering from a C-section three weeks after a C-section. They had just started letting me drive again because they don't let you drive for a couple of weeks after you have a C-section. So um, we've got to get more sleep. So remember, you are a woman recovering from birth and a mother to a newborn. And you're always a woman first. And so get the sleep that a woman recovering from birth and or a major surgery needs to get. And then you can take care of your baby beyond that amount of sleep as you can. Have a partner that you share with. You can bring in sleep support. There's a such thing as a sleep doula. You can look up and find people that can help you in the middle of the night in your area or ask family or friends, which is what we did. We did pay a friend. it was cheaper than maybe like mainstream um, sleep doula who's all CPR certified and stuff. But this friend has five children. She loves babies. She was available. I love her to this day. Shout out to you, Corey. I love you. (laughs) Okay. So that's number one is just because I'm postpartum doesn't mean I should get less sleep. I'm not just a mother to a newborn. I am a woman recovering from birth. Um, and I want to just share that I did when I got less than eight hours of sleep postpartum, I was not good. Honestly, I was surprised. I thought that I could get six or seven and be okay. And that's about the amount I was expecting to get. But being in my thirties now, I'm 34. And then also having had an emergency C-section, I needed eight minimum. So I actually created a sleep guide for you guys, and I'm going to tell you about it next week in next week's episode, which is going to be called I don't know what it's gonna be called yet, but it's about um getting the right amount of sleep um for you postpartum. So it'll be episode like two twenty-three, I think, or something like that. So sorry, three twenty-three. So anyway, go to Lizzielangston dot com forward slash sleep guide, all one word, and you can sign up for it. Um but if it's not there yet, it'll be there soon. Okay. Number two, I am worthy of help before things go wrong. So one thing I really focused on, and I'm gonna elaborate on this, but one thing I really focused on is I looked back, I thought a lot about this. I spent hours per week for the six to eight weeks or more, 10 weeks leading up to postpartum and having the baby, which she came a month early, by the way, my placenta partially ruptured. And so that's why we had an emergency C-section because there was blood entering the, um, my waters, <laughs> amniotic fluid. So, so she came a month early. I'm glad I did the preparation. You just never know. <laughs> Hate to say that. I don't like to scare people, but it's true. You never know. So, um, yeah, I, I looked back at my previous mental health crises and I saw a pattern and I think a lot of women have this pattern and, uh, it's probably socially reinforced in our society. That's probably why we have the pattern. But the pattern is you don't ask for help until you are about to fall apart and you are seriously suffering to some scary extent that is threatening in some way. So um, I really told my friends and family, my close ones, that were going to be very intricately vital to me having a good postpartum. They were going to be Sharing the load by choice with me and my baby and my husband. I told them that this was one of like my MO with this postpartum. I was like, I don't want to wait till things get bad. So if you guys see a need for help, tell me about it. If I have a need, I'm gonna ask as soon as I even can anticipate it, let alone need it, because that is something I don't want to mess with again. Don't mess with mental health and getting low sleep and also not asking for help until you're really suffering is a good way to end up in a mental health crisis postpartum. And frankly, probably anytime. So I wrote, I am worthy of help before things go wrong. I can gently encourage, and I want you to say these things to yourself if you want. I can gently encourage those I love or on my inner circle to serve me and get involved before things get bad postpartum. I can refuse to repeat the pattern of reaction to mental health and physical health. Things do not have to be chaotic and falling apart in order for me to feel to feel permission to ask for help. Okay, let me say that again. Things do not have to be chaotic and falling apart in order to give myself permission to ask for help. I do not have to be on the brink of imploding before I ask for help. So I don't know about you guys, but I kind of grew up with more of that mentality, and I fully own that. But I tended to not ask for help until I was suffering in some way outwardly to where other people were like, you need help. And I'd be like, yeah, or no, no, I don't. Okay, yeah, thanks. I didn't know how to give myself the permission and the love to just receive help. That's what we have forgotten how to do because we live in an over-masculinized society in general and the masculine is giving Especially if you are Christian or some sort of conservative religion, you're going to have a really big emphasis on giving. And it's not bad to give, but you've got to balance it out with receiving. The the feminine is receiving, and postpartum is an extremely feminine time. So remember to receive help before things go wrong and ask for it too. Okay, number three. And by the way, you guys, if you are not on my email list, just go to lizzielangston.com I have freebies right there on my homepage that are amazing. I have a free mini course, Get Out of the Postpartum Rut. It is some of the best stuff I've ever created. I also have other stuff at lizzylangston.com forward slash work with me, but definitely just get one of the freebies on my email list and you'll be golden because I have created those by thinking about postpartum women exclusively for hours and hours and having just lived my fourth postpartum. Okay, So the third belief that allowed me to have the best postpartum of my life, and there might have been more than just these five, but as I sat and thought about it, these were the ones. Just because my ups and downs as a woman after birth are different from my male partner, okay, my husband, I'm married, so my husband, and just because he does not understand does not mean that I am wrong. So I want to recognize here, not everybody has a male partner. Not everybody even has a partner, but I'm talking about if you're married to somebody who I would say is more masculine than you are, um, specifically if they're not a woman, okay? Or if you're in relationship with them, if they do not understand your ups and downs because they don't experience them the same way you do, that doesn't mean that you're wrong, okay? We go through so many hormones in the first two weeks after the baby comes. And frankly, probably a lot beyond that. But even every single month as women, we're menstruating. And we have our summer, fall, spring, winter of our month. We have these different phases where we have less energy, more energy, less pain and bloating, more pain and bloating. And so it's the same when you do this extremely feminine act of giving birth is you do have a whole cycle that kind of comes with it on the back end and even leading up to it during pregnancy. So during pregnancy and postpartum, you can just feel crazy, but I want you to remember, we need to restore and renormalize the feminine. The feminine is this cyclical. Sometimes she's um, darker and lower energy and more angry or moody. And other times she's light and happy and energetic and you know radiates. And that's just our nature. We have a cycle that we go through. Personally, I think all humans do, but sometimes when you've got a man and then a woman in a relationship together, and the woman is doing her very feminine thing postpartum, it can be a little bit challenging for the man to wrap or the more masculine partner to wrap their head around their partner in this new way that she's showing up. But just because your partner is struggling with you or calling you moody or joking and laughing about you and kind of making fun of how whatever you are being, it doesn't mean that you're wrong. And it doesn't even mean that you need to change. So here's kind of my affirmation for that. I can patiently love myself through emotionally volatile times or deeply feminine times. I can expect and invite others to love and ho- love me and hold space for my big postpartum emotions too. Let me read that one more time. I can expect and invite others to love and hold space for my big postpartum emotions too, like my intense postpartum emotions. I do not need to feel shame about the big emotions of being a woman recovering from birth. Okay, it's not your fault that your hormones are changing. Yes, I want you to eat a diet that supports that, educate your partner, educate yourself, have your midwife or your OB educate you, do the research, whatever. But also at the end of the day, you deserve support no matter how stable or unstable you are emotionally. And your emotional state does not determine your value or your worth. So, don't let people treat you like you're an inconvenience just because you're recovering from birth. You deserve support, period. Okay. The fourth belief that allowed me to have the best postpartum of my life I know the universe will support me. Okay. I kind of talked about this one, but like I said, I wanted to be manifesting all this money. And instead, I felt instinctively to manifest community during this time of pregnancy. And I truly did. I found midwives, and they ended up having a circle every other week for moms who were expecting and their partners to come and meet each other in person at the home birth midwife center, their practice. And it was so great to get to know other couples. I was able to be added into a very Christian feminist type divine feminine group um, at a time when I was really unpacking, you know, what do I believe in my life and. That was so helpful. Um, I was able to be part of live discussion groups for women and moms. And um, oh, and I found a religion recovery group, like a, a, a support group for people who were sort of deconstructing Christianity and kind of changing their relationship with Christ. It was a really crazy time in my life. And I was also pregnant and needed a lot of mothering myself. And so, and then I, I met a couple new best friends through that support group that I still to this day am talking to. We're probably going to get together next month. So it's just, it was so incredible. The universe really will support you and really dig deep and ask your body what it actually needs, right? There's what we think we need from our fears, which is what I was doing with the trying to earn all this money in my business. But what I deeply, deeply needed on a soul level was to be nurtured and have more community around me. And I know the universe will support you too. All right. And belief number five that allowed me to have the best postpartum of my life. Are you ready? Drum roll, please. Make sure you get on the email list, lizzylangston.com. All that mini course is so good. People tell me all the time. Okay. A fed baby is best. It doesn't matter how they're fed. A fed baby is best. I remember the day where my um, nurse practitioner who was acting as our pediatrician, she would come to my house and visit. Her name oh my gosh, I'm blanking on her name, but her business is called Holistic Home Pediatrics. And she was wonderful. Very, very up-to-date on her research. Really experienced, even with older kids too. I had her see one of my, my five or six-year-old. And she told me that the number one predictor of baby's adjust- adjustment, um, and this is this is from a study that she quoted to me, but I don't have the actual link to it. The number one predictor of baby's adjustment is mom's mental health the baby's mother's mental health. That's the number one most highly correlated predictor. It doesn't mean there aren't other important things that impact your baby's well adjustment, but the number one strongest correlation between baby's good adjustment is how mom's mental health is doing. So when it comes to breastfeeding and bottle feeding your baby, I just want to tell you that ultimately, do what's best for your mental health. And that doesn't always mean stopping nursing because sometimes weaning the baby can create a lot of guilt and da, da 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 So whatever decision you make, stick to it like glue, man. Like, just have your back. There's no going back. Like, be all in and find people and resources that support your decision. You do that work. You are responsible for creating the feeling that you made the right decision. Nobody else can tell you you made the right decision. Nobody can, not even your spouse, not your mom, not your mother-in-law, grandma, not not even your doctor, you. And I remember when my um, nurse practitioner came in and my baby was having feeding issues because she came a month early. So her oral development wasn't all the way there. We found out about two weeks after this point that she had a tongue tie and a lip tie, that she had to have surgery on to release both of those. But this was before that. So I was trying to get her to nurse. I couldn't sleep. She wasn't eating very much. I she goes she's like how important is it to you to to breastfeed I'm like 10% important like it would be so great cuz I love it but I am I'm not willing to sacrifice very much for it not this time not with three older kids including one kid on the spectrum and she was and therapy in our home every day she's like all right good because i was going to tell you that uh <laughs> this is going to be a lot of work if you want to try to get this baby with her feeding issues to be able to nurse, and it'll probably take a lot of pumping and uh, all these little gadgets. And so I was like, nope, I'm good. <laughs> and that might not be for everybody, but I just want you to know that a fed baby is best. And that is exactly what she said to me. It is what a certified nurse midwife in the hospital said to me. Actually, two different midwives said that to me. I think another nurse said that to me. So everybody was so supportive. And so I pumped for three weeks and then I weaned. I kept my last bag of breast milk that I might possibly ever create in the freezer. That I can submit it and get um, a piece of breast milk jewelry made for myself, just as like a tribute to my beautiful breast and body for creating the milk that they made for me and for my babies. I was so grateful, and my supply was amazing, which I had also manifested all all pregnancy long. So it was just beautiful, and then I was done. I loved breastfeeding my other three, and I did. I felt a sadness that I didn't get to breastfeed, but I absolutely know what it's like to have poor mental health, and. Yeah, hopefully you can find a way to feed the baby the way you want to and have your mental health in addition to it. I will just say that a lot of times when it comes to nursing, women, especially with that first baby, women can be under-supported. So if you're very serious about nursing, make sure you have tons of support around you, including a lactation consultant that lives nearby that can come over, stop by, help you out regularly. You'll need it, guaranteed. (laughs) All right, so those are the five beliefs that really saved me. Of course, it was still intense. I definitely had multiple breakdowns, even one of them in my OB's office, like I said, and she looked at me and she, she knew I was like a postpartum coach and that I'd done a lot of mental health work. She's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I'm not sleeping. She's like, why aren't you? I'm like, because the baby just started having feeding issues and I just was trying to help her. And she's like, oops, You forgot. You're a human. You have limitations. You can't do everything that that baby needs. You can't. I know you want to, but you cannot. When she's dipping into these really intense middle of the night, crying for hours and hours, "Mm -mm, you need to get sleep support. And so we called a friend, paid her about half of what a postpartum sleep doula would charge, but, but still plenty, and was so grateful that she came over. It was a blessing to her and us. So please get support. I hope you have an amazing postpartum. And if you're not postpartum, I still help moms even after they the postpartum. So again, go to lizzylangston.com and get my free get out of the rut mini course. I also have a meditation. I've got so many great freebies there. So I will see you in your email inbox when you get the freebie. If you haven't left me a review, would you mind terribly? I would be so grateful. Just leave a review down here, a written starred review on Apple podcasts and, or share it with a friend or family member. Thank you so much. You guys, this podcast is a labor of love. Hey, Lizzie here. I've helped dozens of postpartum moms, just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression. It's really easy for me. So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way. Let's chat on the phone. Set up a time by going to lizzylangston.com forward slash consult. It's pretty simple, and I will be calling you soon. America, we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights. Life,